Hey guys, it's Kevin Ruta here with Digital Marketing Fastlane. Today, I have Elias Crum from Marketing Guys. Hey Elias, how's it going? Great, great. Thanks for having me today. It's a pleasure being on your show after you being on my show. So uh, <laughs> let's roll it. Yeah, so Elias, tell us a little bit about your background and then maybe let's dive into your company and kind of what you guys really do. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm Dutch. I live in the Netherlands, as is my company, Marketing Guys. This year, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary. At oh, wow. I started actually probably in April in 2010. I started a company called Marketing Guys after quitting my job in the middle of that last crisis that we were in, the banking crisis around 2010. I quit my job. I was a VP in a software company. Pretty nice role. But over Christmas holidays, my wife said to me, you don't seem very happy in what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I had a pretty nice job. I was traveling the world, flying to the U.S., uh, setting up a company branch in Atlanta. I was having my headquarters in the Netherlands, also setting up something in Germany, but it didn't satisfy me too much. And I, in the end, I realized like I'm not doing too much. I'm only managing people. And I wanted to get back to something I liked. So I uh, just uh, quit my job in uh, January. Yeah. And um, was looking for something to start. And so I started Marketing Guys in April 2010. Wow. You've been doing this for a long time now. Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. 2010. It's a long time given the American horizon you have. Yeah. You're in, in Europe, companies, you know, we don't have that culture of setting <laughs> up a company, selling it after a couple of years, starting a new venture, etc. Yeah. That's not typically does. But we have changed a lot over the years. I started Marketing Guys yeah. as a generic online marketing company for yep. SMEs. I completely changed it towards uh, a marketing technology agency in which we do all kinds of marketing technologies, including marketing automation, chatbots, conversational marketing, kinds of conversion stuff. So basically we're putting together tech stacks for all kinds of companies. We are 12 people now about to hire three new ones. Nice. So it's going to be around 15 to 20 end of the year and doing about well, at the moment, $2 million in revenue. That's good. They're really good. Yeah. It's interesting that you guys switched. So I guess in 2010, was it more marketing, digital marketing services, advertising? I'm assuming the people that you're hiring has changed from more That's technical cool. guys or like before it was maybe account managers. What was that process like for you guys? How did you sort of shed the old stuff or was it like a slow transition? Maybe talk to us about that. It's a slow transition if you look back on it. It looks very fast when you're yeah. in it. I think a lot of small business owners will realize this when they start up something with a corporate background. I had like the experience of working for bigger brands. It was pretty easy to hire people. People want to work for famous brands, for big yeah. brands. And then you start your own company. And to me, Marketing Guys is the number A label in the world, right? But not everybody knows Marketing Guys yet. So especially when you start a company, it's pretty hard to get the right people hire the right people. So you have to uh, make some commitments there and finding people that want to work with you, maybe believe you have that same vision in, in what you're doing. And yes, we were doing traditional online marketing services where we were using MailChimp, sending email newsletters for small companies. We were doing some Facebook maintenance, Facebook mm -hmm. advertising, et cetera, for smaller companies. And we would have, let's say, generic account managers, marketing generic marketing professionals mm -hmm. that changed over the years. But I think when you're growing a company, no matter if you're changing the uh, vision or if you're changing the portfolio, people will have to change with it. So what I've seen is that specifically when you're a small company, 
people that want to work with a small company tend to come to those jobs. Mm -hmm. When you're growing, they tend to leave. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work anymore. And yes, we had some tough times there and tough conversations with people that we wanted to leave. But of course, some people will just decide themselves to leave. If you're getting bigger and your cash flow is growing, etc., you will be able to hire the right people. And I am fortunate that at the moment we have a great team with a lot of dedicated professionals, MarTech enthusiasts that have been with us for a couple of years now. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is so important. It's, uh, there's so many lessons there that this is exactly what you go through. And even for us here at Voy, right? No one knew who we were. Our website looked really janky. Like, who is this? And really the experience, you have to convince somebody to work for you. And really you have to tell people why should they work for you? Like why should they leave that good job for you? Startup that no one even knows about. And in the beginning, it's kind of like, hey, look, myself and Wilson, look at our peers' experience. This is what you're going to learn. We worked at big companies. We'll sort of tell you or talk to you about that experience as well. As we've gotten bigger, boys gone bigger, recruiting has just gotten easier because people then know you in the space and now they want to work for you. And that's great for us as like founders, owners, because now it's easier to convince somebody to work for you. But at the same time, another lesson that you said there too is important was we've also lost people when we were smaller. It's a different environment. As yep. you start getting bigger, People don't like that. They want to stay in that three to four person team that's kind of like doing a little bit of everything and you're janky. There's no process. There's no systems, no meetings. You're kind of just like, ah, you know, through the wall and just like do stuff. And that's fun. But obviously, yeah. depending on where you want to take your business, you can always stay there. Three to five people, perfectly fine. But mm -hmm. if you want to grow, then you're going to have to actually introduce stuff that you maybe didn't want to. Meetings, processes, systems. And it's really just to help your team because at least for us, we're about 40 people now. And what we were doing at five, you can't do it 40 because then no one knows what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah. for me also very recognizable because exactly what you're saying, you know, when those people that are working in a team of two and three and can do a little bit of everything, you know, you can't just have them anymore when you're growing. And we have been a little bigger last year during the uh, first Corona dip. We had to lay off a couple of people, to be honest. But at the moment, you know, we have very dedicated professionals. Yeah. We have people that want to work for us. When we have a vacancy, people actually come to us. And that's the fun of getting bigger, you know? Yeah. And I think it's something that people don't really think about too much. There's a reason why companies like Google and Facebook get the best people. Because mm -hmm. people flock to them. Hundreds of applications. Small businesses like us, we're lucky if people are like, oh my God, I see a good candidate. I'm like, okay, I got to get them. And then you're like, oh man, but they got taken up by another person. So it's tough. And this is a lot different now where before Corona, we'd be like, hey, look, this is why you should work here at Voy or work with me, yep. you know, freedom from everywhere, work from home. But now with Corona, that kind of advantage is gone. And it kind of sucks sometimes because these big companies like Facebook and Google will be like, no, you got to come to the office. So we were able to get talent from other spots. So now we need yeah. to rethink what yeah. is going to be a hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So right. And one thing I learned there, which was very important for me to learn is that you have to hire for attitude and train for skills. Yep. That's a very true saying, especially if you're a smaller company and you have growth ambition. So you, you want to grow like 30 to 60% mm -hmm. a year. You need to have the right people. And that attitude is so important. You know, all the skills and all the tactics you can learn, right? Yep. Marketing technology seems like a big fuss to a lot of people, but it's not actually that difficult, right? You mm -hmm. can learn those things. But something you can't learn is that attitude. And we yep. at Marketing Guys are very pragmatic. We don't do a lot of, let's say, consulting and the, the bigger big reports. We don't do that stuff. Let's say show results and then adapt to that within the practice. And when we want to 
really be pragmatic. You get the customers you deserve and you get the employees you deserve. So you have to have that attitude. So we cannot work with the people that want to write thick reports, that want to be in consulting, et cetera. We need to have the people that want to show results to customers. And at Voy, it's, it's probably the same, but the other thing in recruitment that's very important and true is that there is a difference between agency and customer side of working, yep. right? So if you're used to working at the customer side, basically what I'm usually referring to as one boss, at an agency, you have like 30 bosses if you're working for 30 different yep. accounts, right? And they're all important. They all think they are the most important customer yep. and you have to deal with that stress. And Working at an agency really requires you to be flexible. I hate to say it, but a lot of people think it's nice, have never experienced it, but it's, yeah. a, it's a tough job, but it's a great job. I wouldn't want anything else than working for an agency, but I've seen a lot of people in the past 10 years that thought it was a great agency and uh, agency life. And it's like, yeah, I want to work at an agency, can see all kinds of different companies and blah, blah, blah. And then after a couple of months, they're yeah. like, yeah, this is too stressful for me. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Yes, that's literally how it is. Agency is like, I tell people it's like a boot camp. You're in there, like, they're literally going to learn. You love it or you hate it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Either you love it or you hate it. And it's a funny story. Even for us here at Void, obviously, people have left the company. And I still talk to a lot of my old employees. And they're just like, wow, it's crazy how much time I have. It's crazy how much work you do at an agency versus when you're at one brand. That's the difference. It's funny because now my friend, he's just like, I'm learning programming. I'm reading more books. He's like, I have so much time. I literally have no clue what to do with the job. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so recognizable. But, you know, on the other hand, if you want to learn quick, work at an agency. If you want to see a lot of brands, if you want to be flexible in all the kinds of different things you can learn within digital marketing, be at an agency. There is no training course that can prepare you for agency life. There's literally no course. You're kind of just dived in. Every client wants to know like an update immediately. You want to optimize every single day. Agency life is definitely tough. It's good for some people. And we've had people that worked at an agency, they leave, and then they come back to an agency and then vice versa, where they've never worked at an agency. And they're like, oh, I've only done like one brand. I want to know how it is. And it's like, whoa, this is wild. And some thrive, right? So I'm like, yep, Yep. this is exactly what I wanted. Others are like, this is not what I want. The other thing is that when you're let's say, existing a little longer as an agency, you're getting those bigger customers, right? And they are kind of more professional to work with, especially Mm -hmm. if you're smaller and working for SMEs, you know, they expect everything from you. It goes beyond reasonable, you know, (laughs) what they expect. They call you, uh, these smaller companies, they would call you up at Friday night and it's like, yeah, I would like the newsletter to be sent out tomorrow morning on Saturday. And we're like, you know, okay, Okay, let's do it. You're a customer. So yes, we'll do it. But when you're growing and getting those more experienced and and bigger customers that it also gets more professional, which that's what I like. We are pretty international. Mm -hmm. We have customers throughout Europe and the US. And that makes it very uh, useful for us to use that experience that we have with US customers, US vendors. So we work for the bigger vendors as well, right? Mm -hmm. Marketing automation, we Yes, we do HubSpot, but we also do Adobe, Acton, so different and other vendors like Active Campaign, just within marketing automation, right? But all the experience we have with customers throughout Europe and the US helps us to find new markets. So, yeah. for example, if you're looking at uh, the maturity of the market, the US is like a year ahead of the Netherlands, for example. Mm. This is for marketing tech, right? Yeah, marketing okay. tech. 
So mainly everything that you guys have there now, which is hot. So for example, a, a marketing tech or sales technology that is pretty hot in the US at the moment is video selling, right? Like Vidyard and those kinds of stuff. Everyone yeah. in the US yeah. uses it. Yeah. When you're using that in the Netherlands now, it's like it's considered very new. Oh, so really? People really yeah. come to you and they're like, oh, I've never seen this before. Yeah. Um, this is a great thing. So you really can use it to distinguish yourself from competition. Midler, right? Like Loom, Loom and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Vidyard, yeah. the video selling software where you just, yeah, yeah. you know, doing your prospecting. There's another one too called that we use. Like Vidyard's good. That's like old. Like no one uses Vidyard anymore. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean, right? You consider it old and we're like, yeah, we're just, we've just started using Vidyard. So I can yeah. tell you. That's <laughs> so funny. I'm like, wait. I was like, wait, that's an old one. That's the yeah. funny thing because yeah. you consider it old here yeah. in the Netherlands. It's just it's like last yeah. year you might have used Vidyard. Yeah. Now we're using it in the Netherlands. So in yeah. two years, they'll start using it in Germany. <laughs> yeah, That's actually true, that's right? So, funny, so yeah. everything that we learn, we can learn yeah. And apply and we can use it in new markets like germany it's actually a great thing of uh, and we speak the languages all right so yeah, yeah. We, we all do those like american yeah. dutch german french all that kind of stuff so we, we speak those languages as well the one that i use is uh, you probably heard of it it's called loom have you heard of loom yeah, yeah loom is awesome yeah. like they're they're amazing yeah. I, I love using them and people listening and watching video selling is so hot right now or it's it is. still hot it's like you pay pretty much go on a prospect's website you kind of say, hey, look, my name is Kevin. My name is Elias. Here's how we do things. Here's how it would work. And then you do like a 30, 45 second pitch. And it's great because depending on the software, right? Sometimes that video is like embedded into like the Gmail and you can yep. play right there. So very great because kind of like the whole experience is just like in one central location. There's none of this, like all these links. And I love video selling and same thing because too, people connect with people. Like you see someone's face, you know, it's right. a real person. It's not like this bot. And I think video selling works so well because it lies, you know, too. Before everything was like automated, massive text mat automation, following up like a fucking lunatic, right? <laughs> I just did an interview on Scott Ingram's podcast, yep. The Daily Sales Tips. So yeah. it's Daily Sales Tip just from the top of my head. It's like 748, 784, yeah. which I gave on yeah. using video, video in the proposal stage. Yeah. It's so amazing. not only for prospecting, but we use video within our proposals as well. Yep. Especially during COVID times, you know, when you're selling and we're selling a lot in B2B, you always have a decision-making unit of yep. five, seven, nine people. And you're speaking and, you know, you're doing that first pitch and everyone is enthusiastic. After a week or after a couple of days, you're sending out that proposal, which is PDF usually. That's a little boring right after a yeah. great conversation you get this boring yeah, pdf yeah so instead of that we, we just send out a panda doc which is the software uh, that we're yeah. using and we're embedding a video there and it's like we go back and uh it's like hey mike we spoke last week this is what i put together for you this is how we put it together it's a, the nice thing there is that you can keep that emotion there that, that, yep. that like enthusiasm they will share it with their decision-making unit. So they send it throughout the company. You can see that yeah. in the stats, right? So yeah. they're sending it within the organization. They're all, all those people are like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is actually a pretty nice guy. He's not only yeah. trying to selling me, but he's knowledgeable and, you know, it, yeah. et cetera. So that you can really, let's say, bond with the rest of the DMU. And it also gives you that opportunity of, let's say, explaining your offer. Usually that's like a next step. Yep. Within COVID, you don't get a chance for that next step. Yeah. So the thing is, normally you would send out a PDF with a proposal and you would call and it's like, hey, Kevin, can we can we make a, an appointment to go through this and discuss yep. it? You can do this in the video. 
you're one step ahead of competition. And we actually had our close rate increased by almost 20% just by using video. Yeah, video is so powerful. I really like that idea of using a video for the proposal because it's exactly what you said. Like, that's why I do it now. Great conversation. All right. And it's like a static document that's just like 20 pages long. Yeah. Of like this addendum, this addendum, like in case this happens and just like, then you get scared. You're like, oh my God, what just happened? And the only thing they'll usually do is because they they will open it and look at the final pricing. And that's what they skip through. And it's like, oh, this is what I'm going to pay. And now yeah. they're going to watch the video. And yeah. usually those videos are a little longer than yeah. prospecting videos. So it would be like a two, three minute video. Yep. They are watched completely when I watch the stats, you know, and they are sent to at least five other people yep. within the company and they, they watch those videos as well. Going back to video, I think the, maybe the last points we'll talk about here is I've never thought about it as much. And I was just thinking about my process when you're talking is when someone contacts us, we have like a full 60 minute video that I recorded a launch, like maybe three months ago but everything that we'll do at Boy Media. At the moment right now, I send it on like a second email. Hey, by the way, here's what we'll do when you get your sort of a before you discovery call. But I'm thinking now, I'm like, instead of second in the second email, I'm gonna switch in, put in the first email and say, hey, before you book a call, look at what we do. That way yep. you get the full process. And I'm, I'm gonna, I was literally just thinking about what you're talking. I was like, oh man, Elias, it's a good tip. I was like, I'm gonna go. Yeah, it, just is, it really works. Yeah. Even in the US where you're ahead of, yeah. a year ahead of us, yeah. this might still work. <laughs> it still works yeah yeah it still works we have like a 60 minute video and we're like so surprised by how many people you read it and watch it and we're just like yep it makes sense for people listening or maybe other agency owners i think if someone's interested in your service they truly want to know what you do and how you do things and if someone's not interested in it then they may not be the right customer going back to what we said before they might not understand how you work the process and a quick comment that you said before too, it's when you're smaller, the less you charge, the less they respect you. But the more you charge, the more they respect you. You charge 10K a month, they're not hitting you at 6 p.m. They know that you're gone. Like, yeah. well, if you charge 200 bucks, they think that you're literally like their employee. It's such a crazy world. Yeah, it's, to amazing. it's amazing. And yeah. it's so funny. I think professionalism yeah. is, is expected at that yeah. level. And I don't know why that is the case, but you know, it's my experience is your experience yeah. so is probably true. Yeah. Elias, where can people go find you, connect with you, and maybe talk to you, maybe listen to some other episodes that you've done? Absolutely. So marketingguys.com, of course, the website. Just visit me on LinkedIn. It's Elias Crum, C-R-U-M. There's only one of that. So uh, <laughs> you, you, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course. I'm, I'm on it all day. I also host the Marketing Technology Podcast. We've done over 100 episodes now, so uh, you can hear more of us there. And um, if you want to email me, it's Elias at marketingguys.nl for the Netherlands. We still have to move that domain to .com, but you know the, the website is on .com. The email is on .nl, just to uh, to remind people that we're in the Netherlands, I guess. Just so they know that uh, yeah. you're unique. <laughs> Elias, yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And uh, guys, please go connect with Elias on LinkedIn. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.